Good evening and welcome to our Christmas Eve gathering. It's so important to do this. We're retelling the story of God coming into our world and appearing in human form. And it's important that we do this. We need to keep it fresh in our minds. We need to keep the truth clear. But we also are passing it on to the next generation. And it's great to see families here, young children, because they are going to carry on the message that we believe uh, after we've moved on. So this is an important time. And thank you for coming and making this a part of your evening. The angel announced a very special name for Jesus when he was born. And it was privately announced to a few shepherds who were on a night duty in the fields just outside of the town of Bethlehem. So as we know, an angel appeared to them and directed them to go to Bethlehem and they would see a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Very unusual. But that was how they would recognize this baby. But not any baby. This baby had a special name and a special purpose. Today, in the town of David, is a savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. This baby was a savior. Imagine a weak, helpless little baby. The godly people of Israel had hoped and prayed for a deliverer that would come and rescue them from being under the rule of the ruthless Romans. They they hated that political rule and that military rule. And even Jesus' disciples, after he had died and was buried and they thought all was over, And Jesus appeared to them incognito on the road uh, and walked with them and they talked and and they said, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel, to free Israel. And this hope was the hope and the prayer of the people of Israel for many hundreds of years. That's why the announcement of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem was such good news. It meant their deliverer had arrived But this Savior whom they looked and waited for was not one of their own fellow citizens of Israel. He was much more than just one of their own countrymen. He was the Christ. He was a specially anointed one sent by God. He was known as the Messiah, Christ being the interpretation of the Jewish Messiah. He was the one who would fulfill all the hopes and dreams of Israel as their spiritual leader. He was the one who would lead them to worship and serve God, the Lord their God, with all their heart and all their soul and all their mind. And so the announcement of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem was great news because it meant their Messiah had arrived. But he was more than the Messiah, more than the spiritual leader they looked for. He was, as the angel said, the Lord. He was the one who was far above and beyond them. He was their creator, the sovereign, the mighty God, the everlasting father. He was God in person. This was news of great joy for everyone, as the angel said. God had come to live amongst them. This was Emmanuel, God with us. And the shepherds took the angels at their word. They left their night job in the countryside and hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when the shepherds had time to put everything together, they had one response and reaction. 
The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You notice these shepherds were instant believers. They believed that God's promised Savior had arrived in person. The Savior, Christ, the Lord, had come in human form like one of them. Their Messiah was here. God had come to dwell among them in person, in the person of the newborn infant lying in an animal feeding trough. And they also became enthusiastic worshipers. They began praising God and giving glory for the angel's message and for the Messiah that they had seen face to face. They were not the only worshipers of the newly arrived Christ. All of God's angel hosts worshipped the Son of God who had taken on human form. They gathered there, perhaps puzzled, amazed. The scriptures say when God brings his firstborn into the world, God says, let all God's angels worship him. The baby Jesus lying in the manger was nothing less than the Lord God in person. For in Christ, all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. That's heavy theology. That's heavy truths. It simply means that the creator of the universe confined himself to live in the body of a newborn human being. He was the word of God that was made flesh and lived on earth among the people of his day. He was the same one that all of God's creation is called to worship by giving him praise according to their nature. And from Psalm 148, hear these words that all of creation, all of creation is called on to worship Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted His majesty is above heaven and earth. And so tonight, we join with all of God's creation, all of God's creation in heaven and on earth to worship the one who came to be our Savior. From all over the world, throughout the time zones today and tonight, people are gathering to do this very thing. We don't see, we can't hear the material creation responding, but that is what the scriptures tell us. Well, how do we worship the Lord Jesus? If we're going to join all of creation and worship him, how do we do that? What does that mean? Well, we're still thinking of the shepherds. The one thing they did not do, they did not stay at the manger and adore a baby. There is no record of them wooing and awing over a cute baby. They went beyond that. When they had seen him, 
They returned. Where did they return? They went back to their everyday tasks of looking after sheep. But they went back as people of faith in the arrival of Messiah. They believed that God had sent the promised one. And they joyfully spread the word about him to those they met. And you and I don't stay at the manger and focus on the baby Jesus like little children playing with manger scenes. We must see and believe who Jesus Christ really is. We have to look past the humanity and see what's the person. We must see Jesus starting as that baby in the manger in the human life as the one who had always existed forever and ever in the past, the one who was with God in the beginning, the one who created all things, the one who is forever fully God. The angels have spiritual vision. It's like x-ray vision for us. They can see beyond the exterior and they didn't see just a human being. They saw the person of Jesus. And that's what how we need to see him tonight. We worship the Lord by personally reaffirming this about him. This is also a time when a person can begin to see and believe this about Jesus Christ. So. Come to the manger and see and believe for yourself. The angel told Joseph this about the one in Mary's womb. He shall save his people from their sins. This is good news for each of us. Because when we put ourselves alongside God's holiness, we're all sinners. Uh, We're finished. We're doomed. That's why we need a savior. Jesus is the one who rescues us from our sin record before God. And he answered for our sins and he bore them in his own body on the cross. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so tonight, this is God's invitation to you to call on Jesus to be saved. The shepherds did not go back to their everyday life unchanged. They went back as transformed people in their mind and in their heart. When they had seen him, they returned glorifying and praising God. There's one thing that we have to be watching for in our own life. We must not allow ourselves to go about our everyday life without being personally impacted by what we see And what we believe about Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we just parrot words. We just sing words. We talk about nice stories about church. We, too, to be followers of Christ, to worship him with all of creation. We, too, must go and praise and glorify God as a way of life. It is it is very easy For there to be a disconnect between what we say we believe about Jesus and how we respond to him. This disconnect happens in the distance between our head and our heart. As they say, it's a distance of 18 inches. And that's where the connect has to be. 
The question is, does Jesus have our heart? Does Jesus have your heart tonight? To give him our heart is to give him ourself, our totality. The scriptures urge us, offer your bodies as living sacrifices to God. This is our personal spiritual act of worship. It's the deepest worship that we can have because God only wants us. Everything else is just trappings. He wants us to give our heart to the Lord is to put ourselves in his hands and his desires and his plans for us. Sounds risky, but it's the safest place to be. That's where real security is. Because when we give our heart to God in this way, every day becomes an act of worship by living out the sacrifice. It it means that every day we lay down our wills and our agendas and we submit them to the Lord Jesus Christ. In this way, we glorify and and please him. In this way, we join all of creation in worshiping the Lord of the universe. For all of God's creation serves him. And so tonight, let us lay down our lives before him. Let us give our heart to Jesus. Let us give him our heart in a fresh way this Christmas Eve. Oh, come, let us adore him and give him glory as we sing angels we have heard on high. Then join us as we sing Silent Night.